Hi, <laughs> Merch Money. We are live with John Lawson. Thank you so much for being here, John. Thank you. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, we, yeah. so Christina and I got to meet John at uh, Ecom Chicago. And I think I had seen you earlier um, at, at other conferences as well. I know you're you're a speaker at a lot of conferences, so <laughs> I Not think anymore. I had met you earlier, but I just had been too shy to actually introduce myself back in, you know, years ago. <laughs> so. Really? You did such a great job on that panel that you were on and, and even your, uh, your session was so informative and I think people really got energized and uh, charged up by the actual amount of stuff you've done and the uh, possibilities that merch really offers to uh, pretty much anybody. Yeah. Well, That's thank so you exciting. so much. I've been getting more and more practice. You are such a good speaker. I learned so much from you and I, I really, you know, don't have a lot of experience with speaking, so I'm still learning. But I was joking with Christina that I had a, a problem with my computer. So I just recorded this whole, you know, presentation for a online virtual conference. And I was like, I'm gonna have to do it all over again because something was wrong with the computer. I'm like, well, I need the practice anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> you get you get better with time with with more and more practice. You do, and it seems like every time, you know, even with you we've had times when we're developing something and you forget to push the save button, yeah. something happens and you lose it all and you have to start over again. And it's very rare, if ever, I've actually started something over and it was worse than what got deleted. Exactly, exactly. exactly. It's been yeah. getting better and better. And, better and I've been better. learning more and more about marketing. So we'll eventually uh, tie this into where we'll go with SEO and stuff. But I didn't know anything about any of that. I didn't know SEO, I didn't know marketing, I didn't know uh how to do presentations or speeches or any of it and it's all i've been learning as we go and christina's been helping me a lot like that presentation that i did at ecom chicago i just did any old slider colors that i thought looked nice <laughs> i wasn't even thinking like oh we should have it be merch money colors and tie into the merch money logo like none of that i just went up with a random powerpoint theme um and so i was spending this past week revising it, making it look much better, all our colors, all that stuff, you know, so it's just a work in progress, learning all this stuff. Everything is, everything is a work in progress. What you did is you went with good enough. Yeah. And if more people just launched with good enough, you would get where you're trying to go. A plane can't take off only two ways. It can only go up that runway or down the runway right? The runway doesn't move. So it goes towards Chicago or so it goes towards LA or towards Mexico. The runway is the same way. You have to take off to adjust to where you're trying to go anyway. Just get in the air, yeah. people. Get in the air. <laughs> Except maybe not right now with coronavirus. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not going to be able to go <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Nowhere fun anymore. <laughs> For anyone nope. of you that follows John, he's been talking about coronavirus on his feed. So had to tie that in there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And be, be sure to follow him if you're not. I put uh, links below. So definitely, definitely follow him. Oh, so let's, let's introduce everybody to you who may or may not know you. I know you've been in, in e-commerce for a long time, been a speaker at a lot of events. So I know most people probably know you, but 
maybe not on the print on demand side. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you okay. wrote a book, you did all kinds of stuff. Well, okay, I'll, I'll start from the beginning when I was a little, little baby boy. <laughs> but honestly, you know, I've been in e-commerce since 2001. So that's a pretty long time for an e-commerce. I mean, you hear people talk about, you know, I've been in since 2012 and it's like, oh, wow, you've been in a long time. I'm like, dude, you're a baby, you know, to me. That's why I have so much gray is because I've been doing online business for so long. It'll try to do gray. Um, and it will. But the deal is uh, uh, I was going bankrupt in 2001 because I was uh, uh, supposed to flip a house. And this is when flipping houses was really getting started. It was really hot. And I bought a house or me and a friend bought a house. He talked me into it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we were supposed to flip it and it didn't flip. And I was the one 100% the co-signer. So I was the one that got stuck with the second mortgage and I was working my job and I didn't have the finances really to, to handle a second mortgage. And so I was considering bankruptcy. I filled out the paperwork and everything. Somewhere along the way, a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you sell some stuff on eBay? And I was like, eBay, who wants to do that? Isn't that where you buy used socks or something? You know, he's like, no, you can sell anything. And I was in IT business. Uh, I, I was an IT consultant. And um, I had a whole lot of uh, uh, books that were programming books. And they were big, thick books. They used to cost like 70, 80 bucks. And literally, I started putting those on eBay and selling them for like 30, 40 bucks a piece. Because once you learn the programming language or whatever, you don't need the book, you know? Right. Um, so... I started selling those. They started selling. I was like, wow, okay, I can make the mortgage payment this month. Long story short, I went into what at that time was retail arbitrage. There was no word for it. There was no book about it, but it was common sense that, you know, if you could find something for a price and sell it online for a greater price, there's, you know, an opportunity there. So I did that. Uh, long story short, man. 2001 got started. 2004, I left my corporate job and never looked back. I've been uh, fully employed, self-employed. Around 2009, I was selling uh, bandanas. And everybody was asking me. I was selling a lot of bandanas. And I was doing this because I was into the hip-hop thing back when I was younger. And, and bandanas and sweatbands and shoelaces and all these things were really kind of cool for the hip hop crowd, you know, 15 years ago. I'm sure younger people are looking at me like I'm crazy now. But one thing that did happen to me is the people were asking me questions about how to fold a bandana to look like rappers. And I'm like, that's the stupidest question. Why would you ask me that? But what I realized is that I took for granted what I knew in my community, in my neighborhood, and you know, in my culture, and what was happening is that we were on a platform that was worldwide, nationwide. So instead of what I thought I was selling to, which would be the East Coast and the West Coast, I got a lot of people in the center of the country that were getting into hip hop and they wanted to look like Tupac. And he's been dead for 10 years. Why? I don't know. But I got so many questions about it that, I created a stupid video on YouTube and showed them how to fold the bandana that way. 
And that video got shared so much that it went viral. Over 300,000 views. We sold tens of thousands of bandanas from that one video. And one day I started talking about it and people started asking me to come and speak about it at their conference, how to do social media marketing. Wow. wow. Isn't That's it amazing how, how, the how the progression goes where you're just like, you know, you just start out selling something on eBay and before you know it, people are asking you all these questions and then looking up to you for advice and Weird, pretty, right? you, you probably never thought that's how it would go when you first started, right? No, I planned it all out. It went exactly as I planned. <laughs> you knew exactly the book and the speaking engagements. You knew everything. Amazing. <laughs> the funny thing is, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was just, and it was at the right time too. You know, sometimes uh, things just happen because social media happened to be jumping off in the 2009 Actually, seven through nine was the, the the origin of it, right? And then I just happened to be very vocal there. I used it to expand my reach. And from that, I ended up having over 50,000 followers on Twitter, which today is probably not that many. You know, you got people with millions and millions. But when I did it back in 2009, 10, 11, that was like unheard of for just a regular guy. So I literally overnight became an influencer. And that was parlayed into how I got the book deal. Cause I didn't do, my book's not self-published. It is actually old school published, which today I would never do. But back wow. then trying to get a book deal was, you know, not amazing. Easy. I didn't know that part. That's amazing. Um, well, real quick, before we go into the book, I just wanted to say hi to everyone who's watching. Thank you guys all for being here. Um, Teresa is saying she was killing it in 1998 on eBay with Beanie Babies. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. It was the year of Beanie Babies. <laughs> <laughs> so, And Dwayne likes what you said about get in the air. He's like, I love that. Um, so yeah. thank you guys. So you had, you had a book published. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about that. So it was all about social media, getting started. Look at that. Nice. <laughs> I keep it around, but look at that. That's the part. Where is it at? Uh, yeah, right there on the bottom. See, Ben Bella Publishing. So that's the guys I went with. I uh, had did an interview with some, some folks, uh, 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 Deb, Deborah Shep and her husband, and they write a lot of e-commerce stuff, do a lot of interviews. They were doing an interview on, they want to talk to, you know, top level uh, e eBay sellers, I think at the time, eBay or Amazon. And, and that's another thing too. I mean, I was actually, uh, you know, I got to, uh, what is it? Diamond? I don't pro, pro, what was it? Platinum. Platinum power seller on eBay. That's when they were doing that level up stuff. And they wanted to talk to all of us guys. And, and what you guys might not know is I was actually a beta tester for Amazon for FBA and uh, third party wow. selling. Amazing. You know, they came to the eBay top sellers to find people to test their new third party systems. And all of us that were in this one area ended up being first on that platform. And I hated it. I hated it. I didn't. Need, I didn't like Amazon at all. I ignored <laughs> it for like seven years. It's crazy. But anyway, um, the deal was they were interviewing, and 
They were just wanted a couple of different people, but they sat on the phone with me for like 40 minutes. Just kept asking me questions. I gave him my answer to answer. And then at the end, Brad was like, that's her husband, Brad. He's like, you know, John, you should write a book. You you got, you know, a lot of good stuff there. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not thinking about writing a book. He's like, well, if you ever think about it, I'd be very more, you know, I'd be happy to help you. And uh, they had written like 20 books at the time. And so I don't know, a couple of weeks later, I called him back and I said, like, you know what, let's do it. And he's like, OK, I'll help you write a pitch. He wrote the pitch. We send it out to. Uh, so the first thing you had to do is you have to send it out to an agent. And so once I got an agent that would pick me up, then I was able to shop the book deal to the publishers or he did that, you know, for a fee, of course. Um, and uh, he came back with one major and one smaller. And so I can't remember who the major ones. It was like uh, like Simon Schuster or somebody like, you know, somebody big. Yeah. Right. And then this one that I went with was a boutique one. And he said, here's your choices. You can be a small fish in a big pond or a big fish in a small pond. So it's up to you because either way, it's going to be on the bookshelves. You know? Nice. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> you know, because basically what they do, what you do with publishing is you actually sell them your book and then they own it. So oh, okay. then you get back a small percentage of what you sell. So literally right now, I mean, they, they gave me 10 books. It was in my contract. You get 10 free books. Every other book you have to pay at like 50% off. So I have to buy my own book. This book right there just cost me freaking eight bucks. It's my <laughs> own book. It's so ridiculous. But this is how, this is how the book industry works. This is how publishing used to work. This is why what's happening now on merch is a total disruptive thing to the entire industry. You know, before you would design a t-shirt, the t-shirt printers would buy it from you, the design, and then they would take all the money and maybe you'd get a small royalty. Yep. So same with KDP. So we we do in, yeah. in our group, we talk about Merge by Amazon, but we also talk about Kindle direct publishing because you can put designs just on the cover of a book and the interior can be something, you know, fairly simple. It could be a journal or all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Blank so, pages. Blank pages. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're getting yeah. more and more into low content. So it's like journal prompts and things like that. But um, but still, you you're in control of your book. You can put it multiple places. You could put your T-shirts multiple places. Um, so, well, I think it's so amazing how you are just the forefront of all these different things. So, forefront, first one to try Amazon. You know, right at the beginning of social media. I was the same age as, um, well, still am the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. So he was in college the same time as me. And he was thinking of Facebook as like, you know, just within colleges and just within his own college at first. And mm -hmm. then he sp opened it to a few colleges and Rutgers was one of the first ones. So I was like hearing about it and not quite getting it, kind of just being like, ah, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. But my friends were starting to get into it. And finally, they got me to sign up my last day of school or like last few months of school. And, uh, 
it was interesting because it was only for college students. So the what you were wow. thinking is like, it's just your friends that are going to see this. And then like a year or six months later or something, they started having other people join. And that was my first lesson of like, just because rules are the way they are right now, rules can very easily change. And anything on the internet is there to stay. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, it was fine. I, I didn't have anything really, but still, it's just like, it's a good lesson. That I'm yeah, glad you wouldn't that have thought that your, your college pictures would still be there, you know, yeah. 20 years later or 15 years later. It's exactly. Crazy. Yeah. So, so what did you think when social media first came out? Were you uh, like immediately excited about it or did it take a while or what was your thought process? Um, I was extremely excited about it. Because one of the things that really, why I had such a following, there was a couple of, of things that went into play. And this is, I'm glad I'm talking about this because it's making me think of things I haven't thought about in a while. Mm -hmm. So nice. uh, it was the, the the reason why I started on Twitter, because Twitter was the one that I chose. It was only really Twitter and Facebook was there, but like you said, it was pretty close or small. And what was that other one? Uh, uh, MySpace? MySpace, MySpace. Okay. And I didn't like MySpace because it was too free flowing and it took too much time. And it was so easy to just type some letters and, and, and throw it out in 140 characters. So I like Twitter better. Um, so I followed up. And the reason why I started making videos, so I had Twitter and YouTube. I started making videos because I was lonely. I had started missing the having somebody else to talk to. I was working from home all of a sudden and all, you know, a couple of months into that, I'm like going crazy. I don't have that office environment. So I started uh -huh. using social media to meet people and just have that water cooler kind of conversation. And mm -hmm. so I, as that went on, I was like, okay, more and more people, you know, I'm able to reach more people and, and say things. And, um, then there was this contest. Uh, wow. Just think, there was this contest. And the contest was, we want to, this is how I got my first social media award, right? Nice. And they, and they okay. were like, social influencer, you know, small business startup nation. That's what it was. Was running a contest for business influencers on social media. And what I did was every day, at noon, somewhere around there, I would put up five stories that I thought were interesting. So I put the blog post, or not the blog post, the link. Here's a link, Twitter link. Here's the first story, second, third, fourth, fifth. Then the sixth link, I said, hey, if you found those interesting, please go vote for me. Wow. So, so this whole concept of, you know, jab, jab, right hook or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Right? Where you give, 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 and then you ask. I mean, it's not, it's it's rehashed. It's it's all of the things you really hear today are rehashed from business forever because business is universal. That's what yes. you've got to think about. Business is universal. You have to think about what works in the universe of business and how can you apply it to your business. So I knew about the law of reciprocity. If I do something for you, you feel obligated to do something for me. I'm on your show right now. I know a year from now, I can call you up, send you an email, and you will be on my show. I know that. 
out of the law of reciprocity. Most people, 98% of people live by that good golden rule, mm -hmm. right? So I knew if I did this on, gave them a whole lot of good stuff and then do an ask, right? Yeah. People will respond. And that is good for anything you're doing. It works for anything yes. you're doing. That's the whole concept of Gary's book. And that's the whole, that's the whole way Gary has built his entire persona. Because I was watching him back in probably, I mean, literally, we were on first name basis doing chats in the background wow. at night, you know, when he was doing Wine Library TV. He was a nobody. I was a nobody. Both of us had a good following. Look where he is. Look at my <laughs> broke ass. I get it. <laughs> I don't know about all that. You're, you uh, you got lots of good things, too. But oh, anyway, yeah, I, I love what you still. I love what you chair. said about everything. First of all, everything's been done and everything like the laws of business or life or whatever. It's, you know, been for a long time. But I think that a lot of people get stuck up in that where they're just like, well, I have nothing to give. Everything's been said. Someone else, you know, Helen has a merch show, so I can't do one or something. And it's like, no, everyone has their own spin on it, their own way. Like, yes, everything Gary's said probably has been said before, but not in Gary's voice and the way he talks and what he does. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever been in, like, have you, do you hike? You ever been hiking? Yes. Do you hike where nobody's been or do you hike on the trail? Exactly. The trail. Yeah. Exactly. So why are we trying to create businesses where nobody's ever been? Take yeah. the damn trail. It's so much easier if you take the trail. You do not have, the first person that made that trail went through all kinds of shit. They had to... <laughs> chop things down and get stickers on them. Why do you want to do that when you can just follow the trail? Why? But it is something in our heads, really. We think we have to create something brand new that's never been out in the world before. No, you are the creation that is brand new and never been out the world before. So the way you look at it, the way you speak, the way you present, the things you take from it, all of those are unique because you are unique. You're going to establish an audience that nobody else will establish simply because it's coming from you. You literally could start by watching, read everything. I, I got, I don't know, you can't see the books over here, but I got books. We got YouTube. Information is not, you don't need to create new information. There's so much crap out there. Find the things that resonate with you. And what we really need to be in business, just in general, is we need to be, people need curators, not yeah. innovators. There's very few innovators that actually make it work. I mean, watch, you know, that TV show, uh, the, the Shark Tank, you yeah. know? A lot of that is innovation, yeah? But yeah. They, they ask you all kind of questions based on not innovative, but what has already been done. If I can't overlay that you're trying to do that's brand new with something that's already been done, they won't invest in it. Yeah. Well, guys, I think all of those were tweetable moments right there. Speaking of Twitter, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at the time. I'm like, okay, from 20 to 22, I got to go back and like clip out that part. I oh, love yeah. what you 
said about um, uh, you are the one that's unique. You know, you, you don't have people spend so much time like trying to figure out some new way to do something instead of realizing they are the one that is unique yourself, yeah. your personality, who you are. Um, so amazing. amazing and what do you th I mean, let's let's go into the, the T-shirt. I mean, the, mm -hmm. or something. Simple. Let's I want to kind of because I was thinking about how to make these things relevant to the print on demand industry. Yeah. You know, um, and you can look at what's already selling very well and create mm -hmm. something similar. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that what's that called? Uh, Is it called stealing? <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, which version are you going with? Really? <laughs> it could be called stealing. It could be called copying. It could be called inspiration. It, it, it depends it on like how close it is. It's called business. Okay. <laughs> Guaranteed. There was one unique person that thought of, hey, if I put a strap on my sack, I can put the sack on my shoulder and I've created a purse. Is Michael Kors copying other people by making purses? There were other people making purses. Yeah. It's but true. it's his design. Yes. And that's the uniqueness. I don't know if Michael Kors is a great one. Louis, you know, here's, yeah. I'll tell you, Louis Vuitton, how you say it. I don't know how to say it. But <laughs> Louis will copy. They are such copycats, right? Because there was this guy called Dapper Dan that made, took Louis Vuitton stuff, his act, the actual, uh, uh, what do you call it, material, and he would make other things with it. So he made sweatsuits back in the 90s. He'd make sweatsuits out of Louis Vuitton material. He literally would walk in, pull apart a Louis Vuitton thing, and then recreate it. Louis got really pissed at him. Right. Because he's like, you're using my stuff. And he's like, no, I'm recreating your stuff. So yeah. long story short, after going back and forth, I'm trying to sue him. Now they got him on staff making outfits for hip hop stars. So it looks like it came from Louis. That's right? awesome. What a story. So oh same thing with you guys, man. Put your own spin on it because that's going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. But look at what's already selling. Right. It's like, wow, this industry is looking for shirts. What shirt could I add to that industry that would make my thing? I just all I need is one percent. All you mm -hmm. need is one percent of a ten million dollar business. One percent of that. Yep. And that's what you got to kind of you got to do. You're always doing that. <laughs> Somebody said you're so funny. I know. That's all I got going for me, man. That's all I got. <laughs> Don't take the funny away. <laughs> oh my gosh. You the guys, you have to see him speak in person. He's such a good speaker. It's amazing. You Everybody know what? I'm a frustrated comedian. <laughs> well, that that makes a great speaker. So <laughs> So I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna take it on another level. Unless okay. you got a question. Give me a question. I was just about to ask you, have you ever been a comedian? Because you were talking about comedian. No? No. Not, you know what? It's, it's, it scares me. You but should I think do I it. need to try it. I need you... to go to an open mic. I had a friend that just did an open mic. He's a speaker. He said it was really great going through the process, blah, blah, blah. So I might, I might, I've been, 
that might be something I'll do when we can all get together and crowd. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Tell me when and where I'll be there. That'd be so okay. fun. Cool. That's good. <laughs> That's what I need to do too. I need to go and make sure my friends know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You definitely should. So, so I, but go ahead. Tell me. No, go ahead. If you, if you had something you wanted to say, go for it. Well, just because we we're on the speaker thing. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing is I was going to do um, in April, I was going to do a speaker boot camp, right? Mm -hmm. And I was going to have uh, people fly into Atlanta and I was going to teach them how to launch their speaking business or how to basically use speaking to sell things, okay. right? Because um, I believe speaking is a great top of the funnel. It's a mm -hmm. great top of the funnel to bring people in. Um, and so, uh, you know, based on, you know, the CV thing going on, CV coronavirus going on, I was like, you know, I, this is not a good time to be promoting that. Right. So what I have done is I'm going to just do a launch off and talk to people about how to do that just on like Zoom or I don't know if I'm going to do Zoom or Webinar Jam, whatever, but I'm going to do a webinar and it's going to be free, you know, and it that's at speakermoney.com. Right. Speak oh, okay, perfect. I'll add that. Right. And I, I think in any industry, there's always, yes, I do live in, in uh, Atlanta. I sure do, Teresa. So there's any, any industry you can use speaking to make more money. And when I talk about speaking, I'm talking about actually using your voice mm -hmm. because the amplification of video, the amplification of webinars, the amplification of online classes, master classes, all of this requires you to be able to speak. And that's what I'm talking about, about making money through speaking. And I think right now, the opportunity and the need is gonna become much, much greater as we probably get more isolated and things get, you know, weird. Yeah. They're already weird right now. But I think one thing that's gonna happen is things like this. Shows like this are going to see even they're going to be even greater need for it as people don't have other ways to congregate with one another. So anyway, speakermoney.com. There. I definitely want to do that because I was thinking about doing Toastmasters or doing something because I, I really want to learn. Um... Do that, too. I'm just going to teach the business part. I'm a businessman. Yeah. Businessman. That's all I care about. Show me the, and really, in, in reality, my, my camera almost fell over. In reality, I just, I've always been, I know, I've always been very interested in business. Business is, has been from day one. I can't, I mean, there's this argument about whether entrepreneurs are born or made. Mm -hmm. And I really honestly believe whatever it is, all I can talk about is, I was born this way. Yeah. You know, I remember people were, they used to get mad at me because they, you'd be like, you so cheap. I'm like, no, it just doesn't make good. And I we didn't know what to say. I didn't say it didn't make good business sense. You could say that then. Cause you, I didn't even know what I was thinking, but it just didn't make sense to me. So I've always been looking for opportunity. I'm a very big opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. I never know with that argument what to say either, because I feel like a lot of it is people are born that way or they're not. But I do also believe that people can learn a lot. So I think so, too. It just, it's a balance. Sometimes you might be a little bit more one way, but 
you can learn whichever side you don't have. So you can learn to be more creative. You can learn to business side more. You can learn speaking. You can, there's so much you can learn. Um, you know what? You know what LeBron, Kobe, and mm -hmm. Michael Jordan had in common? Mm -hmm. They were no, all very talented from birth. They were born with some sort of talent, but they all have a coach or mm -hmm. had a coach, right? Yeah. So coaches and learning makes your skill better. And mm -hmm. if you have no skill, it will help you with the knowledge that you're able to acquire from those that are good coaches. So yeah, yeah I agree. It's a, a little, it's a, it's a combination of both. And it just depends on what is the reason why you're trying to learn it. Cause if there's some other purpose that's driving you, sometimes that could be enough to overcome it. Like if you, if you're an artist and you love art and you just want to get your artwork out there, it might push you over the edge just enough to learn enough business to make it work or, you know, whatever the example is. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to say, um, Teresa had a good point. She says, my worst fear is public speaking. Why do you think that is? There's so almost everyone that's their worst fear. So that's what I've come to know, like even just trying to get people on the show. It's like such a huge fear for so many people. And I'm not really I don't understand it because I don't have that fear. Yeah. But man. what is it? And why do people have that? Uh, well, here's I don't know why they have it. However, I will tell you, you can put me in front of 10,000 people. I will have the jitters, you know, and the butterflies. Yeah. But. Honestly, I take all that energy that's inside of me and I spit it back out at the crowd. And that's why when you say, oh, he's such a good speaker is because all that nerves and energy, I turn it into, you know, uh, I can't think of what I want to call it, but I, I turn it, that energy into the it's energy. It's a fuel. Yeah, it's a yeah. fuel. However, on the other side, if you notice at Ecom Chicago, I don't do one-on-ones because I'm nervous. That oh. freaks me out. I mean, I can do one-on-one -on -one coaching, blah, 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 but I don't like just meeting people. That's the hardest part. Really? That was so people, fun. You, know, yeah, you got to do I'm it next opposite. year. I'm the yeah. opposite. So I don't know why that is, but one thing I do know is if you're not, you, Dwayne said he's not a good public speaker, we could change that easily. You yeah, know? yeah. I, if you're not a... Is, yeah, I think one of the things is people want to, they want to put on a show first and i just want you to give the information first that's yeah. one thing i just and it, and if you know your speech it it makes it a lot you feel a lot more comfortable and at ease if you know your topic um but yes i do know it's just like you know i mean for some people speaking is a phobia i have coaching friends that work with people like that maybe i'll bring one of them on that might be a good idea because i got a really good buddy that, that yeah i think ed mylett was afraid of speaking for some reason. And he's like a great speaker. Um, and he, he moved past it. And, and, you know, now he's like one of the best speakers out there. But yeah. um, I, I, I feel like I wish I had been a little bit more afraid than I was because I, maybe I would have practiced more because <laughs> I'm like not afraid at all. I go up on stage and I'm like, Oh, I probably am supposed to be like having a prepared speech <laughs> and I just kind of wing it. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm sorry. I'm chewing ice. I'm trying to think if it was this year, or the year before, but one of the two years I got up mm -hmm. and I threw away my slides at Ecom Chicago and I didn't even yeah. talk from my slides. I just said, I got something to say I want to talk. 
That's what Christina said I should do. She's like, you get, she's like, your speech gets much better when you're done with the slides and can just talk to everyone. And I'm like, yeah, you're, I probably should just ditch the whole half thing and, and just talk. Do half and half. That way, you know, yeah. you're getting the points across that you wanted to cover, but yeah. then allow yourself the space to breathe. Yeah. Because oftentimes that honestly, just what, what I just said that you said was good. Uh -huh. I never said that before. I you knew never, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I put a pin in my head. I'm like, I'm going back. That was good. That was it was good, thing. right? <laughs> yeah. I've never said that before. <laughs> well, well, there we go. We got an exclusive on merch money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me. It won't be exclusive. It'll be a blog post. It'll be a training <laughs> class. It's like, I didn't mean exclusive. I meant you, originated you heard here. here first. You yes. heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, good. regardless of what it is, like, I think so many people, we, I, we've said this on a couple different shows, so many people, whatever is easiest for them, they think that must just be easiest for everyone. Like, right. to me, I'm like, kind of like, almost embarrassed. Like, oh, all I ever do is YouTube videos. Like, it's so easy. You just hit the thing on and start talking. Like, to me, it's so easy that it doesn't even count as something good. But then for other people, they would never be able to do a YouTube show. They would never be able to speak in front of people. So to them, it's like some great thing I'm doing. And I'm to me, it's like, oh, gosh, I wish I was better at this and that and the other thing. So I think we tend to just like not even know what we're good at and try to be what other people are good at. Um, so I well, think what we do is we take our skills or, and things for granted. Right. And sometimes that's why you have to do like a, a SWOT analysis on yourself. Yeah. Right. And if you don't know what a SWOT analysis, go look it up. S-W-O-T. Um, but it's it's basically you're going to take you're going to take what you're good at, what you're not good at, and you're going to put it all down and then really figure out where you should focus, you mm -hmm. know. So if you're good at X, Y, and Z, then maybe your focus should be on getting better at A, B, and C. Right. Or you could focus in on being better at X, Y, Z and have somebody on your team that is really good at A, B, C. Right. Right. So that fills in the blank because when you can fill in the blank, that's how marriage should work. <laughs> Exactly. That's I'm serious. It, it rarely does, but it'd be awesome like if it us. did. That's the worst thing you can do is marry people like you. Oh yeah. It can be the worst spare. I'm not saying all <laughs> but you want to find people that have skills that you might not have, especially if you're gonna create a family around it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if both of y'all are just passive as hell, your children are gonna be monsters. <laughs> 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 I'm teasing, you know, yeah. but I mean, it's just, you want to, you want to think about these kind of things, especially in business, who you want to bring on your team to fill in the hole. Sometimes we're so trying to get ourselves out of the business so that we can do, I don't know what the hell you're going to do. You know, I don't think that's the best first hire. I hear people say that all the time. I think the best first hire is the people, the thing you hate doing the most. Right. So you can focus in on the thing that you like doing the most, not just finding somebody that can do everything for you. It's the worst thing in the world, I think, in my opinion, because yeah. you're better at what you're going to hire for. Right. Most things, you know, I'm better. No, I can never hire somebody to speak on my behalf. Right. And I just couldn't do it because I'm better. I know I'm better at that. You know, my voice and the way and I mean, not my voice, but the way. Oh, that's a funny thing. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't mention this, that when it, on the book, I didn't have a ghost writer. I put her name on the book. They put it really teeny, <laughs> right? <laughs> Deb Shep, when I did this interview, they ended up turning it into three blog posts, right? And when I read the blog post out of all the, I mean, I've been interviewed at that point many a times. Right. But when I read that blog post, I was like, whoa, that's, I can feel me speaking. She was able to grasp my voice and put it on paper. I had never, like literally, guys, if you, you've you heard me speak here, we, you read that book, you'd be like, dude, that's just like John speaking. It's not yeah. because I was able to do, she did that. Wow. wow. That was her skill. That's why I gave her all that damn money. <laughs> <laughs> she charged me a pretty penny, <laughs> but it's so powerful. And we wrote this book, man, a long time ago. But anyway, that's just another thing is I found somebody because if it was left up to me to write it, I would never write it. I don't like writing. I love that advice. I The more like as the as years go by, I sound so old. <laughs> But I, going by too. I, um, I more and more realize you really got to focus on what you enjoy and what you like, which usually is about the same thing, like what you're good at and what you enjoy and what you like. They're usually all pretty similar things. Um, because and that's great too. And there's yeah. two ways to get to that. That's another piece of advice I don't like. Not that you were giving it, uh-huh. but it just reminded me of what I hear a lot of uh, small business people talk about. It's like, find something that you like. And if you do, you know, what you like and what you love, you'll be successful. That is bullshit. (laughs) That is not necessarily true. There's two ways to get to that and two ways to think about that. You can work very hard at something that is your business so that you can have more time to do what you like. That's one thing you can do. If you're good at X, and you do X and you focus in on it and you build that business, you can use that time, money to do the things you like. But just because you like collecting butterflies does not mean you're gonna be a million dollar butterfly collector. I'm just, I'm sorry. You might, but the the, the simple advice of do what you love and you'll be successful. You could be successfully broke. I know a lot of successfully broke people. I do. I yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's not the right way to phrase. No, it. I don't want to. I'm not saying you but, did that. I was just thinking that brought yeah. something back that, like, people like you're talking truth. I just want to talk about that truth a little bit. But yes. if it's something you know, love, you can start it off as a you know side hustle and see if you start seeing. Like, I had this lady the other day, and I'm not gonna. I don't know how to put it. <laughs> But she was into Reiki. 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 Real thing. Uh I get it. You know, Reiki. I get it. But no, you can't. I don't get it. However, she was very, very into Reiki. Right. So she has her license and she's doing a business and she's asking like, you know, my my business. She's asking me. She's like, my business is not making a lot of money. You know, and I'm, I'm probably making I'm like, how much you make? She's like 500 a month. I'm like, can you live off of 500 a month? Yeah. She's like, no. I'm like, why aren't you driving an Uber? Yeah. Also, right? right. You see, because yeah. she was like, well, what should I do? I'm like, get a job. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to tell you because you yeah. love Reiki, you yeah. know, just go and be free on Reiki. I mean, if you need money, go get money. Money has, I'm not going to get too deep. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I meant is just that like, as you're doing these businesses, so as you're doing retail arbitrage or as you're doing merch or as you're doing whatever business, you start to gravitate towards one thing more than another. So if you start to develop that skill, sometimes yeah. you can partner with other people or, or that skill will drive your business to another level sometimes. So yeah. if you're good at writing, you know, partner up with somebody like John, where you could be the ghostwriter if you're good at- I'm going to tell you, out of all the people, all the people that I've ever come in contact with, writers make the best money. Mm -hmm. Writers make the best money. They have a life that they can live and all that. But sometimes you got to figure out what industry is going to make you best. But people are looking for good writers all the time. Man. But I think people might think like, oh, writing's my passion. And they try to be a writer per se, and it doesn't go anywhere. But if you uh, think about ways to apply that skill, oh, so find that. someone to be a ghost writer for, or find yeah. a need, help somebody with a blog or whatever it is. Um, so sometimes I think you can still do what you like, but just find a way to partner with someone who can help you monetize it. Absolutely. That was it. And that's what we, she and I were talking about. I'm like, so can't you go to somebody else's Reiki place and be the secondary? There's probably Reiki people all over that have got huge businesses that yeah. need good coaches inside of their business. You can use your skills for that until right. you jump your thing off. Everybody's not going to be J.K. Rollins. I get it, yeah, right? right? But just because you are in love with writing, you know, uh, the fantasy stuff, that doesn't mean that you can't start hustling on the side writing business blog posts. Yes, If you're exactly. a great writer and you just, yeah, there's so much stuff. That's the difference right there. So it's, it's, it's just letting go of the ego and just being like, okay, I like writing, but I need to find somebody to help me monetize this or I need to find a way to... Uh, make it, you know, successful. So yeah, exactly. But yeah. you know, I mean, it, you you just keep knocking at the door, mm -hmm. and somebody will answer. But you got to be able to understand that door was answered. So I've seen <laughs> people pass success chasing mm -hmm. dream. I see. Yeah. You know, another good quotable right there. <laughs> pass yep. success chasing a dream. Hmm. It's, yeah, so, it's so ridiculous. I don't know what I'm saying, but it sounds good. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was right on the money. A lot of people do that. A ton of people do that. I have a um, sign in front of me that really keeps me grounded. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine gave me this for Christmas, and it says, "What would Beyonce do?" <laughs> I love that. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, oh gosh. Okay. time is flying. I think um, I just for my own self, selfishly, I want to hear more about that um, speaker thing that you're doing, because I definitely want to be part of it. And there might be people in the audience that want to be part of it. How is it going to like be structured? Who Who is a good person for it? Like, is it going to be about e-commerce? Or is it something totally different? What's so it about? Here's, 
here's what I, I've got. Let me pull it up real quick in front of because I was like, just in case she asked, yeah. you know, uh, speaker money. I'm going to cover out starting with the why, why you want to do it, right? Okay. And 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 really identifying that why, you know. Um, Can you give an examples like who would be like like for me? I might want to do it because I I want to be able to speak at these conferences or I want to like is that a good why. reason? Am I that's a right person why. for it? So if you, your why of I want to speak and be a speaker at conferences is going to be completely different than mm -hmm. I want to speak because I want to be able to be a thought leader, right? Just, just a thought leader okay. in my little small industry. That's different okay. than I want to be a conference speaker or okay. I want to speak so I can make some videos that demonstrate my product better. Because so any of those would be good? Any of those. Well, the deal is, yeah, because we're just identifying your why. Okay. Right? And then once you identify the why, you want to identify who, who am I speaking to? If you okay. want to be a speaker, guess who your audience is? It's not the, and I'm talking about you, Helen, if you want to do speaking for conferences, who mm -hmm. is your customer? Whoever's putting together the conference. Exactly. Yeah. And see, the, that's different than, oh, I want to speak to the people, right? Yeah. So a lot of people, like, they'll write these great titles to teach the audience, but in reality, you got to write great titles to attract the organizer. So right. once you identify who the who you're actually quote selling to, that's going to determine how you position your speaking. All right. Then I'll talk about how to increase your credibility because the more credibility you have, the more opportunity you're going to have to persuade people. We'll talk about how to craft the speech itself. That I have a, a format for that. And then, you know, I'll talk about some of the content. If you want to get booked like you, I've got content for that, how to contact event planners and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, but basically the first four parts I'm going to cover on this, it's totally free. You know, mm -hmm. you know how that works. It's totally free. It is. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> free for the webinar and then not free well, after that give i want to give and then i'll give. do an ask of course. of course but if nothing else and i'm going to tell that right up front too it's like if nothing else watch what i do here yes you know what i'm saying watch watch how i present this entire thing and you'll learn so much about how to even just do a webinar for free and do a lot so here's one thing i want to Ex, uh, uh, probably express to people, if you're starting to see, if you see slowdown in your business, right, which some of us absolutely might, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I know I will because what I sell online is shoelaces. I don't know if we even talked about that, but now I'm yeah. just shoestring king, you know, and um, what I got from, you know, that is probably people are not going to go out as much. They're not going to get their laces you're probably not going to get as dirty and they're not going to need them as much for a period of time. Maybe. I don't know. So what I'm suggesting to people is go into list building mode. Start finding, you know how all of us have never, we've allowed the platforms to take our customers, right? Because mm -hmm. we yep. never needed to have a list. Right. 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 If that stuff starts slowing down. All the little parts of your business that you've been ignoring, but you've been hearing, maybe build your store of your own now. Build mm -hmm. some, get ready. Don't spend money on marketing. I don't think that's going to 
really help, especially Facebook marketing. Right mm-hmm. now, I think that's the, you know, bring that back as your business goes back. But get ready for when it turns around so you're ready to out the gate. You got your Facebook marketing campaigns ready. All of the little parts of your business that you've kind of let subside in way because, you know, one of the biggest, I, I want to say success covers a multitude of errors, right? Being successful, you can keep, you can blow. And that's up. another quotable, guys. Being another successful covers a multitude of errors. Oh my <laughs> God. It really does. You okay. know, so now you're going to have time, sit back, take evaluation of other things that could really expand your business and make it blow up when everything gets back to normal because it will at some point. Yes. All right. Anyway, yes. Speaker money, go. Love that. Free. Love that. Speaker money. All right. Perfect. So, any kind of people that give us some examples of people that should that this would help. This would help people that are looking to market their business, looking okay. to market themselves, or trying to reach a broader audience. Perfect. Okay. Because how does how does it work? Like I said, I made a video demonstrating my product. Now, you don't have to be the person speaking on that. You don't even have to be the person on the video, but you know your product better than other people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you help write the actual content and do the graphics and stuff like that. When you're leading that with this kind of understanding, you will be able to add more to that whole marketing process that you're going into. So right. whether it's online, whether you're going to do webinars, and it's not for everybody, you know, but it's definitely for anybody that's thinking about doing webinars, thinking about doing speaking, wants a broader audience, wants to increase their uh, influence. These are the people that it is for, you know. Yeah. You got a book and you want to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like that's a lot of people, guys. I think everybody should check it out. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Somewhat, but you know, everybody, it ain't for everybody. But yeah. at least check it out. It might be for you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm excited for it. When does that start or how does that? That is going to start on Tuesday, March 24th. Oh, okay. Perfect. I think it's 8 p.m., but I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm trying to wonder if daytime or nighttime is better. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out before we start, though. Yeah. Let us know, guys, if you prefer time. Um, But anyway, all right. Well, I'm excited. I will definitely sign up for that. Um, Definitely go to that. And then this this flew by, at least for me, it did. It was did, there anything that you wanted to cover more? I know we didn't really go too deep into social media marketing. So is there anything, any tips that you have, like right now, what people should be doing on social See, media? It's just, you know, the thing is, is everything is up. Okay, so I'll give you normally. Because mm-hmm. right? everything's up in flux right now. Every, right. People are not in the mindset of, I need to buy that. Yes. Right? Unless you're toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't get. I don't get the toilet paper thing. Yeah. You know? Me huh? Me either. Yeah, I me wish, either. I, you know I wish someone from that camp would like step you forward know, as the speaker of the people. <laughs> what's crazy is they did the same thing in Singapore, Japan, and Italy. Or no, they're doing it in Australia now. So it's some kind of worldwide thing. I think there needs a psychological un- understanding of why <laughs> people are doing this. It's not just Americans. But yeah, uh, no. I, I really just in terms of social media, I think we really did cover it. Social okay. is not about selling. 
It's about giving, 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 and then asking. Perfect. I think everything you do in social should have some sort of call to action, whether that is a direct buy now or sign up for more information, or if you think this is interesting like this, all of those are actual calls to action. Everything you do in social should have some sort of call to action to it, all right? Um, you want to build your audience to that ask for uh, uh, buying from you because most people, unless you're doing a straight ad, most people are not looking to buy, you know, at that time. So you want to make them aware of your product. You want to make them aware of their need for your product. And social is great for doing that because it's free. You don't want to pay for that. Now, when you find something that's actually working and working well, that's when you take money and throw it behind it because the best way to spread message is not organically, believe it or not. The best way to spread messages is by placing an ad. Oh, okay. Ads scale. I can scale advertising. I can't scale for, uh, viral, you know, can't scale viral, not hmm. what this is, but viral, you can't scale that. Even if something goes viral, you can't scale that, right? But you can scale it. I mean, you can't scale it to make it go more viral. You can scale it by adding money behind it. So advertising is something you can control the virility of. So, but you have to know what's already working. And social free is a great way to find what will work when you put money behind it. So you do the free, find what's working, then put money behind it and blow it up. Perfect. Nice. I put your website in the description. So guys, everybody go to his website. Is that the best place to find more about this kind of thing that you're talking about? Um, social media or SEO or any of that? Is yeah, that the best place? I mean, we're going to have some, I've, we've just been in meetings about the content. There's going to be content every week, blah, blah, blah. But you know, <laughs> you have a podcast yeah. now too, right? I do, man. I don't, I don't even, it's John yeah. Lawson experience. John, John Lawson, Lawson experience. experience. And I think we did 13 episodes. They're out there uh, on YouTube, I believe. And I'll definitely get a better link, but it's all coming together for me. You know, it, for me, guys, just think about this. I've been on the road so much that I, I used to get, I get everything word of mouth. You know, people know me in the industry. I've got every year I'm doing this conference or that conference. My mm -hmm. business is pretty stable. I've been ignoring you know, my regular platforms. So now I have to go back and that's what I'm taking my time to do right now. Cool. Perfect. Well, was there anything else you wanted to say before we go? No, we I want to say thank you. You guys have been reading your stuff in the comments. It's hilarious. Love you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. You are so fun to talk to and, and we enjoy everything that you talk about and uh, all the people you've helped all these 20 years. Uh, so thank you so much. Anytime, anytime. Thanks so much, guys. All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.